Today we're going to do a little bit on evangelism, discipleship evangelism. Oh, yes, thank you. That helps. Um, discipleship evangelism is a, is a different term that maybe you've heard. Um, a lot of people think of evangelism as going out and getting people to say a prayer. That's not evangelism. Evangelism is the first step of discipleship. We're called to go and make disciples, not called to go get people to pray. Um, so that means we have to be relational to do that. Um, for men, sometimes that's an issue. Uh, we don't tend to be relational. We tend to be kind of stick to ourselves and do what we know we can do and, and not be relational. But God calls us to be relational. So let's pray. Father God, um, pray for um, just clear minds now. Pray for a clear voice. Pray that um, we might understand what you have called us to. Um, I, Father, we were beggars coming to share um, life and light with other beggars, Father. Help us to um, be humble in that. Help us to be gracious in that. Help us to love in ways that maybe we haven't loved before. Um, bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, just kind of a quick overview. We've got an hour. This is like an eight-hour class we're going to do in an hour. So you're getting the short, 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 short version of this. And so um, my intent is to... To be very narrow, we're going to teach you how to do door-to-door evangelism, okay? That means you're going to go knock on doors and talk to people. That's what door-to-door evangelism is. Um, um, One thing about evangelism, evangelism without prayer is presumption. And so um, you always, whenever, before you evangelize somebody or share with somebody, you always want to say a quick prayer. Um, If you're going out as a group, you always want to have someone praying for you. And so today I've asked people to pray for us so that um, that part is covered. But it's an important piece. Um, to evangelize without prayer is to assume that you can actually do something on your own. And we can't. We are just a messenger. We offer a gift. We can't give the gift. It's that We live in that tension always. And um, that's sometimes very hard, especially with loved ones. To uh, want, We want people to know what we know. Um, we want the people to understand what God has done in our lives. And um, we get to talk about that, but we can't give that. And um, if you cross that line, you essentially trying to do God's job. And that's just never a good place to be. Um, it's the Holy Spirit's job to bring conviction upon us and God's job to open our eyes. So today we're going to do the five what's. So you're going to learn the five what's. Okay? Um, you're going to learn, you know, what is evangelism? Uh, what is the gospel? You know, what is a testimony? And what we do? What we do when we go out? And what do we say when we go out? And the gospel. A lot of people that have been in church a long time um, don't really know what a, the gospel is. They know bits and pieces of the gospel. You know, here at Grace Bible, that's not as big a deal because of Steve's teaching. Uh, he goes through it and he's t- taught us really well. But a lot of places, you ask people. I ask people in my office all the time, "What's the gospel?" Oh, that's the Old Testament. Seriously. And they go, oh, and then I'll say, well, no, that's not it. And they say, well, it's the New Testament. We t- they talk about, they preach the New Testament in our church. And I say, that's the gospel. And I went, no, that's not it either, man. Um, so when I say people don't understand what the gospel is, they really don't understand what the gospel is. They don't have a clue. Um, people have been raised in church all their life, um, especially in some more liberal churches. That used, they tell stories. They don't actually go and, and actually present all the parts of the gospel all at one time in, the, in a fashion that people understand the story of the gospel and um so 
that's why we're going to go through that today a little bit. It's essentially, you're going to know the parts of the gospel, but you're going to learn a way to conversationally say those things to somebody. You're going to tell a story that connects the beginning with the end. So when people get to the end of it, they have an understanding of what the implications are of what you're saying. So you, you're, going to, you're going to share doctrine, you're going to share scripture with people, but in a way that is in context, in a way that people uh, can grasp um, the meaning and implications of what you said. Um, and God's scripture changes people's hearts. Does that make sense? So that's our goal today, the five what's. Um, Steve, last week's sermon actually kind of set this up quite a bit. He talked about the, the seeking and the setting of things, you know, seeking things of God and setting uh, those things. And that's essentially what we're doing today. We're doing some setting today. Um, we're going out and we're applying um, what God has put in our hearts and to go out and share with others. And that's, that's sharing the love of Christ with others in a way that um, uh, cares about people. Uh, and that's really our goal. So thank you, Steve. That was. Yeah, I listened to that and I was like, "Yeah, that's good." Um, so door-to-door evangelism is you're going door-to-door and you're sharing the gospel with people. You're going to knock on doors. And uh, how many here can read? No, seriously, could you read? If you can read, you can do door-to-door evangelism because the stuff I'm going to give you, all you do is have to read. You put your name in the slot and you read the parts. So there's nothing fancy about it. Uh, you can go through and, and do that. So um, if you don't think you're able, then it means you can't read. So you you all told me that you can read, so you're all qualified. Um, there's street evangelism. Street evangelism, a lot of people, you see people with megaphones uh, on the street, and that's really not a, an appropriate way to evangelize people. Um, again, with a megaphone, you're telling people, you're telling them the truth, but you're telling them in a way that is not loving and not caring. Um, so we don't do megaphone evangelism. Street evangelism, you come alongside people relationally, you can hand out tracts, you can talk to people, get opportunities to do it. It's a little, it's a little tougher. Um, handing out tracts um, is a, a little bit of a cheat for me. I don't, I don't think tract evangelism is, is a lot of times very effective because all you're doing is you're handing out God's word, but you're not a, a relationally putting yourself in, in place of that word too. Because that word needs to come with somebody. Paul didn't go and hand out papyruses to people. Paul went and spoke to people relationally. And he shared his testimony, and he shared God's word with them. Those are the two things that he shared. Um, um, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, I wasn't raised in a church. Um, I came to know Christ in 1995, June 4th. And I had an uncle who um, prayed for me for 40 years. And I was just too smart, you know. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. And um, one day he said, you know, Rick, if you don't take your kids to the Lord, someone else is going to take them. And, you know, I know what he was talking about, but good people went to church, and I was considered myself a good person. And so I thought, you know, um, maybe we should go to church. And so I was at my attorney's house. We shared dinners together and meals together with our families. And he's Jewish by tradition, but not by faith. And I was telling Brett, I was thinking about going to church. And he fell off his stool laughing. He said, you in the church? And I deserve that. And um, but his wife at the time, you know, talked about Laura Glenn Bible Church having a good kids program, and that's why I was going. I wasn't going there for me. Um, I didn't need God. I didn't think, you know, God served me. I didn't serve God. Kind of stupid, huh? Um, so the next day, I went to Laura Glenn and put the kids in, in Sunday school, and I sat, back, sat in the back pew next to the door, 
And um, so I'd get out of there because I really wasn't going there for me. And uh, the pastor, uh, Pastor Roger, talked about the Ten Commandments. He was talking about idolatry. And, he, and, you know, he asked a simple question. He says, who or what in this world do you worship? Is the things of this world is the Lord Jesus Christ? And um, God um, did a miraculous thing at that moment. He had mercy on me. Um, he opened my eyes in a way that allowed me to know what lay before me. And then I had to choose um, who I was going to serve. And um, by God's grace, I, I chose wisely. Um, but for the next month, I spent, you know, trying to get out of this thing. It was like, this didn't really happen to me. I didn't, you know, this, you know, I, I didn't really, this, this wasn't really true. It didn't really happen. And after about a month, I was down in front of the church with my wife. Um, and I was at the end of the sermon, I was like, okay, Lord, you got me. But I'm not knocking on any doors. And I said that out loud. Um, and my, my wife reminds me of that every once in a while. Um, um, so that's how my walk began. And... Um, what God showed me to change my heart and why I do share with people is that he showed me how much he'd forgive me and is forgiving me and how much he loved me and how much he is loving me. And when you come to grips with that and you understand um, how you personally have been forgiven and how you personally are being loved, how can you not share that love with somebody? Um, it's like telling a good joke, you know. Um, when you when you hear a joke, you laugh and it's good. But it's even better when you go alongside somebody else and you share that same joke with them and you all laugh. And sharing the gospel is a little bit like that. Um, you know, you know the love of Christ in you, but when you go along and share that with somebody um, and you all um, enjoy um, what God does in us at that time, um, it, it just it's, it's a very um, special place to be. You actually see God do something right in front of you. Um, because you know that you didn't have squat to do with what just happened. And stuff happens. Um, God honors his word. So um, as far as uh, growing in your faith, um, you know, if you look at Paul and his epistles, if you line them up first to last, Paul says, I was a sinner. And the very last one, he says, I was the chief sinner. So what happened from the first one to the last one? In his walk and doing ministry, God revealed to him who God was and who he was. And but also in God's faithfulness to um, not desert Paul, that God was with Paul, with us always. And the same thing when we evangelize, when we go out and share God's love with other people, he's with us. His Holy Spirit's with us. Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Uh Uh-huh. Um, you might have misconstrued a little bit what I said. Um, the soapbox evangelism with a megaphone telling people they're going to hell and they're dying is a true statement, but it, it, it puts a barrier between you and the gospel and them and the gospel. You don't need to create barriers. And the, the job of conviction is the Holy Spirit's job. It's not our job. Our job is to share truth with somebody. Um, so you can do it, be on a soapbox and do it correctly, and it's not a problem. Um, but to be on a soapbox with a megaphone telling people they're going to hell, I think misses the mark. 
that's my my personal position on that. Um, um, it's it's not it's not a lot of times it's done in not in a relational way. Well, the way the master is great. I love that. So I don't have a problem with that. You gotta remember that God's the one that opens people's eyes and hearts. I've seen um, going door to door someone who didn't really know what they were doing, and they were uh, sharing with somebody at the door. And this person was a Jehovah Witness, and at the end of it, she, this person asked this person, "Do you want to come to know Christ?" And they said, "Yeah." And I'm like, "How'd you do that?" You know, and 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 this person um, this person was led through a prayer, but they actually joined the church and became a very um, um, active person in this church and bore fruit. Um, so, you know, it's God's word that does it. And uh, again, our presentation of it, like Paul says, you know, I didn't, didn't come with fine words. I just came with my testimony and what God's word says, and God does the other part of it. So there's not an absolute right way or wrong way. So if, if, if I came across with that, I don't mean to. I think the correct position would be that you share um period and but you you need to do it in a loving way and not not throwing stones that good any other questions on that okay um so i gave you a number of things to hand out um um we talked about uh, door-to-door evangelism um what i want to teach you is five things so the, um, the scriptures that i are on the two sheets we're on the next two sheets. The second sheet of scriptures is, I'm going to give a demonstration of a conversational approach to the gospel. And those are the scriptures I'll be using. Um, this first sheet, I, was, I just want to go through, spend a little bit of time reading through some of this. Um, it talks about testimony and what it is a testimony. It talks about the, our motivation for going out. And then um, the last sheet is kind of a fun sheet. You can kind of turn to that one. For those of you that really think you have an excuse, this is your excuse sheet. Okay. And I want you, you can go put your name on it, and you can go read through that. And then if you can find something on there that applies to you, then you can mark it off, and, and then you can hand it in. Good luck with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's more. They're on the front front seats. Here's more. So, the little um, I made up a little bookmark for you, and that's those are the things that we're going to learn. Can I have one, Ben? You know Christ? Oh, maybe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's a little bookmark. And this is actually what we're going to learn today, and this is this is what we're going to you can hold on to, and it's a cheat sheet for you as far as when you go share. Um, I put in three different tracks um, that you can use. This one green track is essentially what I'm going to teach you today as far as the five points of the gospel and two subpoints. So it's a good cheat sheet for you personally to go review what we did today. But this, it's also on this. So these things kind of line up. Um, this is another track, and this is another track goes over. So the, the tracks themselves are God's word. 
um, and you can hand those out to anybody. The purpose today, though, is to learn the five points of a gospel, conversational gospel, and, t- and two sub-points. So, five points of the gospel. Grace, man, God, Christ, and faith. When you share the gospel, you need to share those five areas. So, say grace, man, God, Christ, and faith. Say it again, because you have to memorize this part. Grace, man, God, Christ, faith. Okay? So when you're talking to somebody about the gospel, you're going to cover those five areas. That's the, that's the concept. Now, each of those areas have a subpart. Hey, it stayed up. It's been falling over. I shouldn't have said that, huh? So grace, man, God, Christ, faith. And there are um, a lot of, like this, different tracks have them in a different order. Okay? The reason we put it in this order is that it precludes objections for people. So they're not haphazard. So in our world, a lot of people think they can work, they can save themselves. So you put grace first because grace says that, that, um, eternal life is unmerited favor. It's, it's not earned or deserved. Those are two subpoints of grace. So that's why grace is listed in this tract or why we do it first. And then it talks about who we are. Uh, and who we are in, in, in relationship to God and Christ, and talks about God, who He is, talks about Christ, and talks about faith, what it is and what it isn't. So, the five points are grace, man, God, Christ, faith. So, I'm gonna, in a little bit, I'm going to have you turn to each other, and you're going to practice, okay? So, grace, man, God, Christ, faith. In grace, heaven, eternal life, is not earned or deserved. Those are the two subpoints. okay? So, those are the two things you're going to talk about. And you can use... Yeah, I've listed some scriptures here, but you can use any scriptures you want that are applicable to that. Okay? But you want to talk about those two pieces. So there's, there's nothing magic about which set of scriptures you use. You can use Road of Romans. There's a lot of different ways to do it and to peel the, peel the onion, but you need to have scriptures to support what you say. So, um, in grace, uh, eternal life, um, heaven, um, is not earned or deserved. Man is a sinner. And because he's a sinner, he can't save himself. Those are the two subpoints of man. Um, in talking to people, a lot of people don't have, they don't understand the word sin. We as churchified people understand these words. People you talk to in the public don't understand those words. And so when you're talking conversationally, what you want to talk about is what is sin and, and, and why, why it is an issue. And when I go through demonstration, we'll put some, we're going to put some, illustrations i guess and it's not part of our deal but it'll illuminate how i do that um so god god is a loving god and he's a just god and he's holy and in his holiness and his justice he has to punish our sin christ who he is he's the infinite god man um a lot of people know of christ um they think he was a teacher he's a man who walked the earth but the part that they don't know and don't understand that he was also god so you have to talk about those two pieces and then saving faith is um, what it is and what it isn't. A lot of people think that just knowing of Jesus and knowing uh, that and agreeing with the truth of who Jesus is is sufficient to save oneself. But what the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus, you'll be saved. Biblically, it means three things. It means you know the truth, you agree with it, and then you're trusting in it. And so the question for most people be is, in what ways are you trusting in Jesus today? So that's the gospel. So it's grace. Man, God, Christ, and faith. Okay, grace has two points. Grace is not earned or deserved. It's a gift. Okay? Man is a sinner. And because he's a sinner, he can't save himself. 
So Grace, two sub points. Cheat sheet. So grace is a gift and it's not earned or deserved. <laughs> okay. Man is a sinner and because he's a sinner he can't save himself. Okay. God is loving and just. There you go. And in Christ who he is, he's the infinite God man and what he did. Those are the two points there. And in faith, what it is and what it is not. So let's practice that again. Grace. It's a gift. And or deserved. Made it small, didn't I? Man. God. In Christ. In faith. Okay. Sorry? A little vague? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's right. That's your job. But see, the purpose of, the reason I want you to memorize this is when you're talking conversationally to somebody and you're looking them in the eye, you, you're, you get, you know, deer in the headlights kind of stuff. You like, your brain just goes, boop, and you don't know what to say. You get lost. Or they'll, they will take you down a rabbit trail. Okay, they want to talk about this, that, and the other. And your goal is to present the gospel, all parts of the gospel to this person. That's your, that's your intent when talking to this person is to get through the gospel. Going down rabbit trails, you can talk about that stuff later on. Um, so if you have a, a roadmap in your head and you're talking to this person, then you can relax and you can listen to what they have to say, but you can ask proper questions and you get through the gospel. And because you can always bring it back to your roadmap. So it's the reason a person wants to have this in their head is so that they can effectively share the gospel in a comfortable way. You don't, you know, you don't want to be, you know, uncomfortable because you're sharing something that you really care about. Yeah? So grace, man, God, Christ, and faith. So grace, heaven's a free gift. It's not earned or deserved. Okay? Man is a sinner because he's a sinner and can't save himself. Christ, excuse me, God, I said loving God and a just God. Christ who he is and what he did, faith what it is and what it isn't. Okay? So, you're going to turn to each other and you're going to practice this for the next, you know, five minutes or so, ten minutes. You, you have to memorize this part. You guys are going to, I thought you were going to sit here and just sit, right? It didn't work that way, guys. <laughs> oh, and, and there's a, I'll teach you a little cheat. When you're talking to somebody face to face, if you have a hard time looking at them in the eye, if you look at their ear, they can't tell you're not looking in their eye. <laughs> I'm serious. So, say again? Yeah, forehead, yeah. So just it allows you to focus on something so you can keep your mind clear. So turn to each other and practice this. All right. Okay, guys, you guys got it down? So there's a test. (laughs) Okay. 
Now, the, the help is on this little handout here. Is the, I saw Bart sharing with it. Uh, Bart knows all this stuff, too. The number of people in here have gone through this kind of study. So um, you, know, you were not alone in this. Um, but the little knee moniker, the little help is to show, you know, grace. It's a hitchhiker. You know, it's, it's, it's someone's going to pick you up. It's a gift. Okay? And then um, when you point the finger at somebody, man's a sinner. you got three fingers pointing back at you. Okay? And the great finger is God. And the bridegroom finger is Christ. And then faith as little as a mustard seed. So if you need a way to remember, you just got your hand with you all the time. So it's grace, man, God, Christ, faith. Yeah? Oh, man, we're being politically incorrect in church. Okay. If you want to see a gun coming to my house, I'll show you a gun. <laughs> um, no, but grace, man, God, Christ, faith. Okay? So, um, did you guys actually learn it, or did you just talk about it? Okay, so there's there's five points and two sub-points. Do you understand why those all fit together, and why they're important in sharing the gospel? Um, those are the things that a person needs to understand. Um, they need to understand sin and they're a sinner. They need to understand that they can't save themselves. They need to understand that heaven's a gift and they can't earn or deserve it. You know, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not by works that no man can boast. Many Catholics, as many people, especially in America, that, you know, they feel like they can earn their way to heaven by being a good person. So the way the master, I actually use that in my, in, when I do my demonstration. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's, 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 you go and talk about a person and say, you think you're a good person. And they go, well, yeah, it's like me. I told you that I thought I was a good person at one time. And you go, oh, really? Okay. So have you ever used the Lord's name in vain? And they go, yeah. Well, what do you call that? You know, a blasphemer. He says, have you ever told a lie? And you go, yeah. What do you call that? A liar. And he says, have you ever looked a woman the wrong way? And they go, well, yeah. I mean, what do you call that? An adulterer. You know, and you just go down the list. And at the end of the day, you're saying, so you're a lying, thieving, blaspheming, adulterer, but you're a good person. How, you know, can you explain that? And you let the person explain that. So that's how I use that in, in the corporation and describing sin. Because many people think that, that they're fairly good people. They're doing okay. Because they're looking this way, and they're not looking this way. And our goal is to get people to look this way in relationship to a holy God. And so... Um, the fact that it's a gift and it's not earned deserve is is sweet. Um, and the Bible says that these things are written, you may know that you have eternal life. So a lot of people say, well, you can't know that. Well, according to the Bible, it says you can. That's in First John 5.13. Um, so um, there's a lot of theology in, 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 in explaining that. But as far as a roadmap, that's what a roadmap looks like if you're going to share the gospel with somebody. And, um, you know, for me, I know Ben shared something like this that, you know, I wasn't really a relational person. I mean, I detail stuff. You want to talk about teeth? You want to talk about stuff? I can talk about stuff, okay? But touchy-feely stuff, getting around, you know, and talk about life and all that kind of stuff, I didn't go there, you know? Just, I was never raised that way. I had a real private life, and um, I just didn't do that. And um, uh, when I came to a place where I knew that I wanted to share God's love with people, I would share my testimony, which I just shared with you, with, pe- with my friends. And it had meaning to them, okay? But to people that I didn't know, it's like, well, so? And so your testimony, personal testimony, um, is very powerful with a group of friends. 
but it's also powerful in the world in a different way. In a postmodern world or a post-postmodern world, um, your testimony is the one thing people will accept, and they can't argue with it. So it, it's, it is a, it's a powerful tool that you have in presenting the gospel. Um, but for me, after I, I would share with people and, and I'd share my testimony with you, and I, I'd share it with my friends, and it, has, it had, a, had a powerful outcome, now I started sharing with people, my patients that I didn't really know, and it kind of went, and I was like, "Well, dang, <laughs> you know." And so there must, you know, I I um, knew that I had to be a relation with these people, and so I chose to do that. And the way I did that, um, I made a conscious decision that I was going to be relational with people. And um, to practice that, I would take the newspaper and look at the headlines, and I'd pick out uh, one or two headlines, and. And then I would pick out some people that were coming to my office that day, and I would tell myself, I'm going to share and talk about this one thing with that person. And that's what I did. I would just practice that. And I would engage people and talk about a headline um, just that much. And then after I got to where I was comfortable with doing that, then I transitioned from secular, from headlines, into spiritual things. But it didn't go any further than that. So transitioning for a lot of people is... is is something that can be taught. Um, we won't do that today, but um, we call those on ramps um, to to the gospel. Um, a quick one would be, you know, people who have been suffering or have been ill, um, and um, you can ask them. Says, you know, you, you you went through this, or your family, you know, person died, or this person was in the hospital for a long time. What got you through that? And they say, you know, person will say, well, I slept a lot, I did this, I did that, and it's usually an I something. And and, I, and then the transition would be he says you know I have friends who who um, believe in prayer and find strength in prayer how about you so I just transitioned the conversation from what they were doing into a spiritual issue so that it, it opens the conversation up um, another thing about sharing the gospel and kind of goes to what you were talking about you always have to ask permission to share um, it's it's the, you're sharing something that's um, very personal with somebody. And especially if you're going door to door, if you're in, in a, in a, and you're having a conversation with somebody, you just want, don't want to go in their face and, and th- shove it down their throat. You want to speak truth to them in a loving way. And um, God is on the throne. He's able to open people's hearts. And so you always ask permission to share. You can you, After you transition, you say, hey, I've got some, some good news or some things I'd like to share with you. Would you mind if I share that with you? And as soon as you do that, you've laid... You've, um, Made the playing field equal, okay. Instead of the over/under kind of thing, as the world has the world sees us, you made it everything level, and now you had can have a conversation with somebody, is man to man, or human to human, or soul to soul, and um, so that's an important piece too. Questions so far? Grace, man, God, Christ, faith. Grace, heaven's a free gift; it's not earned or deserved. Man is a sinner because a sinner can't save himself. God is loving but he's also just and holy. Christ, who he is and what he did, and faith, what it is and what it isn't. Okay? So on the scriptures, I want to walk through that real quick, and then we'll give the demonstration. Um, that's the sheet says evangelism session. Does the hand thing help you guys at all? Okay. Um... I just want to, I put a, I, there's a number of scriptures I wanted to go through, and so I just want to read through them and, and talk about some of the parts real quick. 
Uh, Ephesians 2.10 says, For you were his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So I don't know if you ever thought about what, what kind of works God prepared beforehand, you know, beforehand. He's obviously a lot. But one of the things, if you consider election, would be our witness to people. It's a work that God has prepared beforehand. Um, and um, um, God has asked us... As the, as the skin of Jesus to go and present this love to people, uh, God's word to people. Um, um, Galatians one fifteen and sixteen. Uh, but when He had set me apart before I was born, okay. And um, there's other, a number of examples in the Bible about being set apart. You know, technically we've been set apart. Who were called by His grace was pleased to reveal His Son to me in order that I might preach Him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone. So Paul was set apart. In fact, if you look at Acts 26, he gives his testimony to Agrippa that we went in our Sunday school class. He went through and went that. Romans 5.5 says that, um, hope does not put us to shame, but God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Leviticus 19 says, Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Matthew um, 22, 37, Christ repeats that same thing, but he adds mind. Um, so in the Old New Testament, the greatest command is to love God and love our neighbor. Well, in our natural state, we can't do that. We're dead to God. We're dead to things of God. We're in bondage to our sin. We're in bondage to Satan. And we're under God's, God's present wrath. And so God has to... Uh, open our hearts up, enable us to love him and love others. So the fact that you love God is a, is that gift that God has given to us. Okay, It's part of our testimony, the testimony that God's put in our heart. A lot of people look at John where it says, if you love me, obey my commands, and they see that as a conditional statement. And it's not a conditional statement. It assumes the Father has loved you, that you might love him. And so the fact that you desire the things of God, the fact that you desire his word, the fact that you do fellowship with people, the fact that you um, produce works of the Spirit are the fruit that um, we can recognize to say that we're in Christ. Um, and it's this love that God has poured into us. He didn't pour a little bit of his love. He poured all his love into us. And it's it's recognition of how you've been loved. I ask people, um, has God loved you? And they look at me funny. Um, but it's really a good question to ask is, um, if the Father hasn't loved you, then you can't love Him and love others. So um, the issue for us personally is: Has the Father loved you and loved me? And, and you know, you've you got to put feet to that. Why? How do I know that God has loved me? Um, that I can might share that with others. Um, the another scripture I actually didn't put here is the First John passage. First John says, "says I loved you first, and um, that you might produce works, good works." Um, and then Acts 8, 1 and 4 is where we're going to camp a little bit. So there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. So there's two big questions in this, in this deal. Okay, um, the apostles, the professionals, where were they? They're in Jerusalem. Okay, who, who was preaching the word? Everybody else. Okay? So the next question is, what word were they preaching? And they didn't have a Bible. So what did Paul preach when he when he came? He came and shared his testimony of what God had done in him, and he, he shared the scriptures with people. Those two things. 
So at this time, one of the scriptures that they had was a, if you look at 1 Corinthians 15, that was a part of the epistle that was written, you know, 5 to 25 to 30 years after Christ's death. It's written really close to his death. Um, and so the church had that peace. And um, that's that's the gospel. If you ever need a, a canned version of the gospel in scripture, it's 1 Corinthians 15. Um, so people say, well, I'm not called to be an evangelist, or I'm not a preacher, I'm not this, that, or the other thing. According to this scripture, does that carry any weight? No, we're all called to share God's love with those around us. Everyone has a soul that has an eternal destiny, one of two places. And um, that's our motivation to share, is that God has loved us, and other people need to, we desire other people to know what we know, and have what we have. Yeah? Okay. Um, oh, the Matthew 28 passage. That's our, that's our command to go. We, we studied that in BTI as far as making disciples. That's the active verb there. Not going, going modifies the verb make disciples. So again, evangelism is the first part of making disciples. So it doesn't say go make um, prayer warriors. It says, or people... Go and uh, go out and share necessarily. It says go make disciples. So discipleship has a beginning, and it technically doesn't have an end until we get with Christ. Okay, so the, um, the going to make disciples, evangelism is, is the front end piece of that. It's but it's not an end in itself. A lot of people think evangelism is the end in itself. Well, I, well, I share God's word with the people, and now I don't have to spend more time with that person. Well, hey, tell you, but if you share Christ with somebody, and and uh, you need to. Uh, enroll them. You need to come alongside them and help teach them, to help them understand the scriptures, help them understand um, who they are in Christ, bring them to church, get them enlisted in church so others can come alongside that person. Um, Pastor Steve can preach the word to them in a way that will open their eyes uh, and heart, and they grow. That's what discipleship is. And are going to you know, fundamentals of faith, learning doctrine. Um, there's a lot of assets that we bring to bear, but it begins with our sharing but then you don't want to leave them as an orphan. You want to come alongside that person and, and um, help them grow. Uh, you need to water them. And um, so it's it's not just enough to go out and, and get someone to pray a prayer. That's not the end point. Yes? Yeah. It, 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 it might play out different ways, but you don't want to lose contact with them. You're, you're going to, actually, if someone... If you come alongside somebody and someone has a desire for for the for God's word and and is under conviction of of their sin, then you make an appointment. Say, hey, you know, uh, can I call you? And um, I always ask somebody when I do that happens. I ask them, who are you going to tell this to? And I, I hate to tell you this, but if someone who's a new convert, man, they're going to go tell everybody. I mean, I don't have I don't have a problem getting them to tell somebody at all ever. It's it's people that have been churchified for a long time that have a hard time. Um, um, don't know why that is, but I, it's, if you someone who has just received the gift, and that you ask them to go tell somebody, they don't have a problem. They'll they'll, they'll have a list, and then what you do is you say, you know, I'm, I'm going to come back in a week, and I want to check up on you. And I want you to I want you to tell me about who you told and what happened. So that's how I set that up. I also invite them to church too. Um, a lot of people. For some people, church is a, is a, um, a roadblock. They have a hard time going into a church. 
Um, but uh, you can overcome that. If you come alongside them, bring them to a Bible study um, or just meet with them and read Scripture with them and let God do his work, um, that barrier will, will, take, will go away. There's a person I've been bringing to church for a while um, was that way. He, um, he didn't want to go to church, didn't think he had to go to church. And so he just, I started, he started meeting with him privately. We started going through God's word. He started coming to my Bible study. And people at the Bible study poured in their hearts into that person. And, um, and then he started coming to church. So it's, it's, it's a process. It doesn't happen just boom, boom, boom. But evangelism is the beginning of that process. Yeah? Did that answer your question? Um, oh, these other ones are going to talk about testimony. This, the testimony that each of us, the first John passage talks about the fact that each of us have been given a testimony. It goes back to having been loved by the Father. So let's read that. The Spirit and the water and the blood and these things, these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. So if you believe, you have this testimony, okay? Um, First John talks about the fact you don't need to be taught, that you actually know. And so we know um, basically the gospel in that sense, but it gets refined as we grow and mature. Um, Romans, uh, Revelation 12:1, And they have conquered him uh, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives, even unto death. So the testimony, having a testimony costs us something. Um, walking with Christ costs us something. And so when people, when you're evangelizing people, you need to paint that picture that um, that when we walk with Christ, you're not giving up something, you're gaining something, but there is um, there is a cost to that. And so you don't want to have easy believism. You don't want people to make Jesus their spare tire they pull out when they need. Okay, you, you, want, you want Jesus to be your chauffeur, and you want him to take you everywhere. Um, and... Um, you know, you want to impress on people when you share the lordship of Christ, um, his sovereignty. Um, so, Revelation 24 does the same thing. It says, Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those who were, whom the authority of judge to judge was committed. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus. You know, we had some Coptic Christians that were in that position just last week. And for the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast as a, or its image, had not and, and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. So we in America have been with grace. We we don't never been pressured uh, with uh, trial and tribulation. Uh, in a, in this sense, we have trials and tribulation always. Uh, God grows us that way. He disciplines us, um, but we're never alone. Second um, Corinthians three thirteen five. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless you, indeed you fail to meet the test? The reason I put that in there is that we personally need to uh, see if are we bearing fruit. How am I trusting Jesus today? Um, we have to come to the foot of the cross each day. We need to bear our cross each day gladly and joyfully. Um, and renew that bond each day. Um, even though we were we were deemed and saved um, and justified in a blink of an eye, we're being sanctified and, and 
will you participate in that each day? We come and, and say, you know, Jesus, you're my Lord. Um, but not sharing God's words with somebody should bring conviction upon people. If you've never shared God's word with somebody ever, um, it's like Steve brought up one time, how much do you have to hate somebody not to share God's word with somebody? That's in the negative. Um, and the positive is just, it's, it's a loving act. It's, it's in John, First John, it says, if you hate your brother, it talks about, actually, I think I, I misquoted that. Anyway, there's First John 2, 9, 10. It says, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. So um, this testimony, the love of God that's been poured into us is not to be kept under uh, a bowl. It's to let our light shine. And um, so if you've not, not had opportunity to do that, didn't know how, a lot of people just don't know how. Um, and so uh, that's part of what today is about, is to kind of help you know how, um, but to encourage you and come alongside you um, to make it safe so that you can. And so uh, in a little bit, you've got opportunity. We've just set up some territories to, for you actually to go out and do Grace, Man, God, Christ, Faith with somebody at a door. Uh-oh, quiet. <laughs> um, that's the real piece. So... Um, let me do a demonstration, and we'll call it call it our hour up. Any other questions or, that you might add? Go ahead, Roger. Yeah. Um, the. Um, it's not you don't have to be an attorney uh, you're sharing what God has done in your heart and you're sharing with God's word so your authority is God's word so if someone doesn't accept that authority then you, you it's tough to go down through the gospel you can do it but you have to put a precondition in it says do you mind if we assume for a moment that is the God, that the Bible is the word of God that God's real and the Bible is the word of God and that we can go through this I know you that right now you're not you that you have an issue with that but for this for my time of discussing with you can we do that and that allow you to go through and actually present the gospel and let god's word permeate that person so that's one way um go ahead you don't want to go there that that's an apologetic you can do that's for later your goal is to share the gospel so if you go there you're not going to share the gospel yeah, so you want to keep first things first, um, and um, so there's ways to do that. At the end of the day, though, you have to you have to address that issue. You have to address because it is God's word, and is you know, God exists, and why exists. There's ways to go through and do that, and there's ways that you can go through a number of ways to go through. Um, Steve's taught us a number of ways to go through and show why the Bible is true <coughs> and why it's His word. So at some point, you have to get there. But initially, you want to share the gospel, and so you you want to you don't want to let things be roadblock that. And so, if you just you just ask the person um, if they'll let you do that, you you need to know that there's also suspects and prospects. There are some people who um, are adversarial completely, and you just don't need to share God's word with them. Okay. <coughs> yes, and again, if they're a, if they're a prospect, then they'll allow for that verbiage. If they're just being a pain, then um, they're not. And so um, there's no reason to go forward at that point.
works that no man can boast. So the Bible, according to the Bible, once it's knowable, it says these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. And it says it's a gift. You know, a gift is kind of an interesting thing. Say uh, you had a friend that bought you a Rolex watch. That'd be a pretty good gift, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd be happy about it. But he gives you this gift, and, and you know it's really expensive. And so you pull out your checkbook, and you and you write him a check for, you know, a couple hundred bucks and give it to him. Well, that'd probably offend him because he meant it as a gift, right? But if he, even, if he took even the $200, would it still be a gift? Well, not really. Conceptually, it would not be a gift. A gift has to be received as a gift, right? The Bible says that eternal life, heaven, is a gift. So it has to be received just as a gift. It can't be earned or deserved. Okay? Bible, this comes more clearly when you understand what the Bible says about man, about you and me. It says we've made a mess of things. And um, it says that we're sinners. Um, do you understand what, when the Bible says about sin? Do you, does that make sense to you, what, what biblically what sin is? That's right. <laughs> That's right. According to the Bible, a sin is missing the mark. It's missing God's standard. God um, has a standard, has a law, and, we, uh, and it's missing that. So it's, it's not doing things that he's commanded to do, or it's doing things that he's commanded not to do. So, um, it's, But it's missing the mark. And the Bible says that we've all sinned. And because we're sinners, we can't save ourselves. You know, I don't know how many times I sin a day, but let's say I only sin three times a day that I miss God's mark of standard of perfection, you know. And in a year, that'd be a thousand sins. And I'm 62, that'd be 62,000 sins. What would happen to me if I went to a traffic judge with a, with a record like that? Wouldn't look good, would it? You probably wouldn't be too happy. Uh-uh, yeah. So our sins, uh, even though we don't think we sin very much, actually they add up over time. And, and we actually sin a lot. And um, unbeknownst to us. And um, again, because we're sinners, we can't save ourselves. And the way I demonstrate that is, is if I were to make an omelet, and say I put, you know, four or five good eggs in the bowl, and the last egg drops in and it's rotten. Have you ever smelled a rotten egg before? Mm-hmm. Pretty putrid, huh? Yeah, yeah. Could I fish out that rotten egg out of that bowl and, and, and still make that omelet have it be acceptable? No, it wouldn't be. In the same way, our lives, we can't offer up to God many good and wonderful things, yet with words and deeds and thoughts that are rotten. Just as that omelet wouldn't be acceptable, our lives won't be acceptable. Does that make sense to you? So we've got a, we've got a problem. We've got a sin problem, huh? Would you say? Well, that comes into sharper focus when you understand what the Bible says about God. The Bible says that God is a loving God. And I take great comfort in that. And people know that God's a loving God. But what they forget is God is also just and holy. And the Bible says he has to punish our sin because he is a holy God. He's a holy judge. And we've got a problem. We're sinners. And our sin, the wages of sin are death, the Bible says. So God has to punish our sin. So he loves us, but he hates our sin. And he has to punish our sin. So God solved our problem through the person of Jesus Christ. And you've probably heard of Jesus before, haven't you? So he was a man, he was a teacher, and he had he taught moral lessons. Is that what you know about Jesus? Okay, he was good. He also raised people from the dead. Um, <laughs> uh, he, um, but he's also, the thing that most people miss is the fact that he was also God. That 
Bible says that be perfect as your heavenly Father in heaven is perfect. So if you want to go to heaven by being a good person, all you have to do is be perfect. You, you, do you know anybody that's perfect? Now, 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 um, we know there's no one perfect except for Jesus. Jesus, because he was all God and all man, um, he, God couldn't die. So God became a man that he might die in our stead to pay the penalty of our sins, which he offers as a free gift to us. Um, so Jesus was all God and all, all man. And what he did on the cross, you know, we celebrate his birth at Christmas time and we celebrate his death at Easter time. And a lot of people don't understand what the cross is about. And the Bible says that on the cross, that in, uh, that we like sheep have all gone astray, each their own way, and um, God laid the iniquity of us all upon the body of his Son, that Jesus on the cross, who knew no sin, was without sin, bore our sin. And in the same way that he bore our sin, we bear his righteousness. That's the exchange of the cross. And a lot of people don't don't know that about Easter. So it'd be like, if I tried to come to God on my own, this would be me and this would be God. And um, if I try to come to God on my own, I got this, this would be a book of my life. This would be my record book. This is my birth certificate and my death certificate, and this is everything in between. It would be a lot bigger book, right? It's a record of all my sin. So now if I try to come to God, what happens? I can't get there, can I? What's, what's in the way? Amen. So I, if, I turn my, if I turn over a leaf, can I still get there? Turn my life around? I can't get there, can I? It's all there. It's always there. And the Bible says, We like sheep have all gone astray, each run away. God laid the iniquity of us all upon his body. Now, where's my sin? Amen. So Jesus paid the penalty of my sins and purchased a place for us in heaven, which he offers as a free gift. That gift is received by faith. Now, a lot of people, they know of Jesus, like you knew of Jesus. You know George Washington? Yeah, well, you know of him, though, right? Yeah. He's, he, he was a man who lived. Right. Okay. Are you trusting George Washington for anything? Uh, no. Not, no. Well, that's how most people know of Jesus. They know of him, but they're not trusting him for anything. Okay? So saving faith is what saves us, what this, is receives this gift. And so it's like on this key ring. i got a lot of keys. But there's only one key that opens my front door. And saving faith is that kind of way. So not all faith is equal. Right? Because all these keys won't open my front door, right? They're all different, right? Some look the same, but but only one opens my front door, I guarantee you. Okay? So, the, so we need to talk about what saving faith is and what it's not. What it's not is not just knowing of Christ. Okay? Um, the Bible says the demons believe and tremble. So do you think the demons are going to heaven? So just, just knowing the truth isn't sufficient then, right? And a lot of people have temporal faith. They they pray and they depend upon Christ for traveling mercies when people are sick, you know, or someone's in the hospital, or they want to take a test and they want to pass and they haven't studied, you know, that kind of stuff. Okay, that's that's temporal faith. But trusting in Jesus, um, saving faith is trusted in Jesus alone and for what he did on, you, on the cross for you and me as sufficient to save us. It's this trust. And it's like this chair. You know this chair exists, right? It's the one that's right here? Yeah. And you, it would support me, right? Yeah, probably, yeah. But it's not supporting me right now. How come? Um, you're not sitting in it? That's right. So I'd actually have to sit in this chair, in the Jesus chair. Right now, I've been, in most of my life, before I knew Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I was sitting in the Rick Gavin chair. Yeah. 
And so I had to move from my chair to the Jesus chair to trust in him fully and completely. It's like having a foot in two boats. You know, I got the Rick Gavin boat over here and I got the Jesus boat over here. And the Rick Gavin boat's got holes in it. Okay? So if I stay that way, what's going to happen? Yeah, and then what's going to happen to me? I'm going in the drink. Yeah, so you got to get both feet in the Jesus boat and trust in him fully and completely for all things. And that's saving faith. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. I understand pretty clearly. Okay, that's, that is, that's a real quick, quick version of a conversational sharing of the gospel. Um, usually as I transition one piece to the other, I actually repeat the previous piece. I'm telling a story, and so I bring the parts along so people don't forget and um, that, so, you know, I keep mentioning that, you know, heaven's a free gift, you know, and man's a sinner, he can't save himself and receive this gift. So you kind of build the story, and at the end, you ask them if they, that makes sense to them. Okay, and then you go forward from that. So, there you go. Questions? Thank you all. Um, now, for those who are brave, I got a little present for you all. There are more tracks up here. And there are more um, little deals. And I've got little territory set out for people that want to go out. And I can pair you up with some people that are have done this before. And my goal for us is to have you talk to one person today. Just one person. Okay? So you may have to go on a few doors because sometimes they don't answer. But it, you can do one of those three scenarios. All you have to do is read the questionnaire. You'll have it with you. Okay? And you'll have a little tract. If, the, if you get to the gospel, all you got to do is open the tract up. The one, this, either one will work. Out of the three, we got three, but this one is set up to what you just, I just said, and you just go through and you just read it. That's why, if you can read, you can you can do this. Okay, so I usually keep the tract right behind this little deal like this, and that way it's not too obtrusive. And I just put my name right there and I just read. So if you're willing, we have a spot to go. Um, again, all you have to do is 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 have a conversation with one person because doing evangelism if you haven't done that before um, if I can get you over that one hump then you're more likely to share so I understand people have to go places and that kind of stuff and for any other excuses you got your excuse sheet on the back back here <laughs> uh, you can you can fill that in if you want but um, you know if it take, take it's probably another hour um, to do that, and um, there you go. Questions?